Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Furto, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, brother. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how God wants to speak to us today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you. For this moment, thank you for the gift of your love. Help us to to be present wherever we are. Help us not only to be here, but to be present. That we choose to turn our hearts and our minds to you right now at this moment. Thank you for the gift of your word. And as we break open the gospel that we will hear on Sunday, help us to uh, help us to receive your word. Help us to be open to to your guidance, your promptings, uh, your teaching us, your molding us to, into the. And to the men, the women, the children, and all aspects of our lives and every role that we have, Lord, into who you want us to be and need us to be to bring your love and light into the world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. Um, a reading from the Gospel of Mark. A leper came to Jesus and, kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Tom, as you were reading, I just circled, moved with pity. I want to make sure that when I see a person, that I first see them as the precious son and the precious daughter that God created them, created them to be from the beginning, not to see their physical deformities, not to see their addiction deformities, not to see what the world's done to them, but to truly see them and then have the heart of Christ that's moved with pity to understand how God may want to use me to touch the wound in their heart. So, boy, that, that, just, that just really pierced me. When you read that, Tom, I want that. Lord, I want your heart. I want to be moved with pity when I look and see what the world has done to so many people through physical disabilities, through spiritual disabilities, through all the things that, that has come at them. And I don't want to look and complain or, or pick on or just form judgments. I want to be moved with pity. And then I want to ask the Lord to help me so that I too may be used by God to touch that wound, to touch their hearts. And it, it's a beautiful uh 
Beautiful sharing, David, and and a great call to action, right? Pity is action, and then I think pity sometimes gets a, a bad rap, like a pity party or whatever. But you know, if you, if you replace that with, like you say, compassion, love, move with compassion, move with love, he stretched out his hand, and like you said, there's so many people that are battling with so many different things. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. I think it's safe to assume, you know, we're taught never to assume, but I think it's safe to assume that most, if not all, people that we encounter have some type of of stuff going on, some type of wound in their life, some type of challenge that they're going through or maybe recently going through. And and the, the symptom of that might be some things that are you know that are happening or or like the way they you may have treated us like you say it's a waitress that we would think is rude or whatever who knows what just happened who knows the the news that they may have just gotten so if we live our lives giving people the benefit benefit of the doubt that something might be going on right and 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 in that going on whatever that is um they're acting a certain way that that then we're moved with compassion like instead of reacting to whatever we're encountered with if it's you know rudeness we were moved with pity like wow let's just assume that something just happened to them and just just love right because that's what's going to melt people's hearts right is is love so um that that's a great call to action is 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 for us to pray jesus please give me the love that you have for others if we love jesus we want to love who he loves the most that's people right so that's a that's a great challenge for us david thank you Moving right down that sentence, um, he was moved with pity. Then what did he do? He stretched out mm. his hand and he touched him. And back in that culture, as mm. probably many people know, um, that made him unclean. <clears throat> However, in this context, Jesus was the one that made the leper clean. And so Jesus, anybody else would have touched him, it would have had to be ritually unclean until until the end of the day. And they would have had to cleanse themselves. But Jesus heals him and then says, go show yourself to the priest and do what's prescribed for your cleansing because you've been cleansed. When when the Lord is moved with pity and he touches us, we're cleansed. He just touches him and he's cleansed. And and what a, a beautiful um, you know insight into like you know our our, our gift of uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. In other words, the healing Jesus healed the leper, but there were still social norms. There was still the you know kind of like the the, the proclamation uh, from the priest that this person has been cured and may now enter back into society. And, and, and in a similar way, you know, in, in the in the in the gift of the confessional, the healing, the 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 absolution, you know, of course, is coming from Jesus. He is forgiving our sins, and the priest is 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 the the vessel and the vehicle for that. And we have that proclamation that's being made. We have those words of absolution. So you know, again, we we hear it. You know, yeah. Jesus didn't have to touch the man. He didn't even have to say it. He could just have willed it. But we're physical people. We're psychological right. people. And I think God He made us that way. And so He gives us these things. And so we hear He hears the words. And he has the touch. And in confession, we hear those words of absolution. And in a similar way with, with that proclamation of uh, of being absolved we are brought back we are allowed back into so to speak into the we, we now enter back into communion mm-hmm. with the body of Christ we are back one with Christ one with his church because our sins have been absolved so it's just to me it's just uh, every time I see this passage it just, it just reminds me of the beauty of, of, of the confessional where we go to be healed to be cleansed humbly <laughs> ideally on our right. knees you know begging for that forgiveness seeking that forgiveness and we're made whole 
whole and were made clean um, and, and brought back into communion with our church. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Well, you know, God has a sense of humor because this morning I got <laughs> up and I said, Lord, today's Wednesday. St. Joan of Arc has five o'clock confession. Lord, don't let me forget. So as you're sharing this, Tom, the first word I wrote down was confession. So I don't forget. And then it made me come up to the first sentence and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is about me. This is about us. A leper came to Jesus. When we sin, we do have a form of spiritual leprosy that the Lord knows we have. So boy, I'm being drawn by the Lord to do what? To come to him, to kneel down, to beg him for forgiveness. That's what I'm doing at five o'clock today. When I'm called to go, I'm being drawn by the Lord to go to confession, to confess where I've fallen. You know, we're all human. It's when we fail to have the eyes to see. It's when we fail to hear the conviction of the Lord, not condemnation, the conviction of the Lord, when we fail to see the true gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, that we remain these spiritual lepers outside of the community. So for me, I want to go today as this leper did. He went to Jesus. And then he knelt down and begged. You know, when we go to confession, to just confess our sins without a heart of contrition, our sins aren't forgiven. We need to truly have that heart of contrition, that we have that sorrow, that we realize that our sins caused a rupture, a break, a pain in the body of Christ. Jesus felt them. Jesus felt those sins when we made those choices. So I want to go because he gave us the greatest gift he could give us, the gift of his life. So why? So that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free, so that we could have the abundant life. So I'm reading this and saying to each of my listeners, you know, what spiritual leprosy do you have? Because what does Jesus want to do? Condemn you? No. He wants to reach out to you. He wants to touch those wounds and heal those wounds. And some of the greatest spiritual leprosy we have is the leprosy of unforgiveness. And even unforgiveness, which is a mortal sin, which causes death of the soul, unforgiveness of ourselves. So ladies and gentlemen, as you're hearing this, invite the Holy Spirit to shine the light in your hearts the temples of your hearts, to illuminate for you those areas that need touched by the Lord. And then go, go, go without hesitation to the sacrament of reconciliation and be set free. Jesus Christ paid the price. He offers you the gift, but it's always your free will choice. It's always your free will choice. But when you're set free, you then have that abundant life. You are then a new creation in Christ, and your past is gone. It is buried. My spiritual director, in order to help me, said, hey, David, you keep digging up the past. It's dead, and it stinks. Quit digging it up. <laughs> and you know what? That verbal challenge by Monsignor Essen was like, "Woo, okay, gotcha. Don't dig it up anymore. I needed a verbal. So again, for each of our listeners, Ask the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit into your hearts to shine his light on those wounds that need touched by Jesus. And then go to one of the greatest ministries, it's called in the scriptures, it's a ministry that the church has in its priests and in the priesthood to confess your sins to a safe person where Jesus Christ works in, with, and through that person and through your heart of contrition, that kneeling down, that begging for, that you're forgiven, 
You're made new as a new baby, a new creation in Christ. Amen. And, and if you have only been to one, but I'm told if you go to... One confession? Oh, no, no. <laughs> many of those, many of those. But I've only been to one chapel uh, where the Mother Teresa, for uh, the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's nuns. But I'm told in all the chapels they have this. But the one that I've visited, um, I saw it in their chapel. It's a picture of the crucifixion or a crucifix and then painted on the wall is I thirst. It's in every one. I thirst. Is it? Mm-hmm. I thirst. I thirst. Ethiopia, so, Kenya, it's in every one. Okay. Anyway, so what is Jesus thirst? for our hearts, but most, but our, our sins. Like he, he did what he did on the cross, not for us to keep them and be weighed down by them. He's thirsting for us to accept the gift of his mercy. Take, just let him take our sins, right? Let us experience this beautiful gift like we're all talking about and, and let's quench his thirst. Let's quench his thirst and just give it to him. And like my spiritual director, Monsignor S.F. says, David, there's a resurrection, there's a resurrection. There's a healing. Accept the gift. Mm-hmm. That goes to each of us. You know, as, Tom, as you alluded to, Tom, you know, the, the, the leper during this time, you know, they, they knew, so to speak, they knew their status. They knew, they recognized that they were unclean. You know, they were infected. They, they were cut off, you know. Um, and I think about, you know, we today— um, do we spend enough time trying to recognize our spiritual leprosy? You know, um, you know. Again, one of the one of the gifts we have the the examination of conscience. You know, we, do, we talked about at one point the the reflecting on identifying where are the areas. You know, because it's not as obvious. It's not as obvious as some. some you know, that the physical uh, ailment of, of leprosy, um, and yet we all have some of it somehow. And I think that's one of our one of the basic spiritual exercises that um, you know I definitely find beneficial because um, I can always come up with something, uh, but. And not not beating oneself up, but reflecting honestly on the day, on the week. You know, where where have I loved effectively and rejoice in those moments and give thanks? Where have I failed to love? And I think that's one of the number one things when I talk about morality with people. It's not about you know, it's not about do I love God or do not do I not love God? We all love God every day fundamentally. But where did I do a specific act where at that moment I have failed to love God? And I think sometimes people get get mixed up in that. You know, it, it's not that, you know, when you sin, you've rejected God totally for all time. But at that moment, I have failed to love. I can have a good friend who I hurt in a particular moment. I love my friend, but I hurt them, you know, and that's that's what we have to reflect on. I can love my friend and I can break that friendship by doing something very terrible, okay, which equates back to, again, the mortal sin. So it's not about, you know, fundamentally, you know, am I on God's team or not on God's team? You know, it's at that moment, I fail to love. And so like the, the, like the leper who recognizes their ailment and the need for healing, it's important that one of our spiritual exercises on a, on a daily basis is to reflect on where did I love God effectively today, where did I fail? And what do I need to take to that five o'clock confession or that Ooh. Sunday morning confession? You know, um, and not to delay because the list gets longer and longer. And as the list gets mm-hmm. longer, I, I find in my life, I know when I'm ready to go because if we let it go too long yeah. and then it starts to get harder and the prayer life mm-hmm. suffers and, our, and my behavior suffers, oh, yeah. my attitude suffers. So at the first signs of the illness, get because we yeah. become like those frogs, you know, they're, you know the frogs yeah, that right, right. that are in, you know, if, if you drop a frog in boiling water, they jump yeah. right out. But if you put them in room turn temperature water, yeah. turn it up, they just think, oh, nice, nice warm bath. Oh, a little hot tub. And then before you know yeah. it, they're, they're, they're cooked. They're dinner. They're, yeah. they're, they're done. But Tom, when you're, you're sharing, I was thinking of what we, what we pray at Mass. And my thoughts and my words, what I have done, 
and what I failed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So that failed to do part, that's no joke, yeah. you know, because I, I think, you know, just the, the rich man and Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he didn't punch him, he didn't kick Lazarus, he didn't spit on him, say, get out of here, you bum, he just did nothing. So when we do nothing to Lazarus, we're doing nothing towards Jesus, right? So everything we do or don't do, we're doing or not doing it to Jesus, right? You did it to me. That's a kick it up a notch for the examination of conscience. Commission where, and omission, as we yeah. say in the religion yeah. class, right? That's, that's it, absolutely. Well, I think, too, that, uh, and, you know, it's a great grace to work with people that, uh, you know, that appreciate the sacrament of confession. And, it, it, and I know, David, you recommend it frequently on, you know, on these broadcasts. But the thing that I've learned over the years of going regularly uh, is that you develop um, more of a sensitivity. I I can honestly say this. I I never like going to confession. Even today, if I, you know, I I might be there (laughs) today. (laughs) But, uh, you know, um, but standing in line is always like, you know, do I really, do I really need to go here? Because like the frog, you know, the longer we go, the more the temperature starts to go up. But what is a frog? It adapts. It's a cold-blooded yeah. animal, so it adapts to the temperature that it's in. And it keeps adapting and adapting and adapting. And what? And I'm standing in line. I'm thinking, well, that, that wasn't so bad. I, I can wait another week. You know, I don't have to go. But the, the key thing, I think, is you develop an awareness over a period of time that it's not even so much the events of omission. You know, like, well, I, I stepped over somebody who was homeless and I didn't bother to help or give any money or anything like that. It's the fact that you come to the recognition that your whole life seems to be focused more on you than on other people. Mm. Like, I'm always thinking about how I feel, what I think, what's important to me, what I'm going to go, where I'm going to eat. What, what it, When do I ever stop and think? And I know you guys do because I, I hear you talk about your families and things. When do I ever stop and think? about totally forget myself and just think about my spouse, my children, you know, the people I work with and just forget about myself. Cause that's one of the things that mother Teresa used to talk about is just, just forget about yourself. Just go out. Everything that you have and everything you are is given to that person in the street, that, that leper, that poor person, that person with pox all over his body, the person who's ready to die that you pick up and take in. That's more of the highlight over pretense. But I don't think you come to those recognitions until you get rid of the gross stuff, you know, the big stuff, yeah. and you start saying, okay, where am, I, where am I feeling now? You know, once you clear away the slime, you can start to see the, the, the imperfections that are structural. They're in there, you know, like... My whole orientation some days is just toward myself. Like, what do I got to do to get done today? What do I, you know? What work do I have to get done? What emails do I have to get? You know, where do I think about other people when I'm doing my work? Do I think about the people at the other end, or am I just trying to get a task done? You know, uh, and that's that's an orientation, and that's really what you know. People like Monsignor SF can alert you to. It's not just the events of sin that you that you participate in. It's your whole structure needs to be transformed. You you have to become like Christ. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't spend his whole day thinking about himself. I think it's fascinating here. You know, where where Jesus tells the man not to go out and and tell anyone anything, mm-hmm. but to go to the priest and do the cleansing. And the man went out and began to publicize to everybody. And then in the report. Uh, reported abroad, so it was impossible for Jesus to enter and enter a town. And I think about that today because when the man went out and spread all this, people thought, oh, boy, this Jesus guy, I can go get my knee fixed. I can go get my, my hearing fixed. I can get my eyes fixed. I can get Because he's just he's the miracle worker. He's the fixer. But that's not who Jesus is. It's not give $1,000, you're going to get 10000 back. you got to give it again. The Bible tells you, you give it, you'll get it. Now stop. 
That's Jesus in the slot machine. You know, that's not the Jesus. So it says, Jesus, he remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. Because, like me, I've got to drive 20 minutes to Hershey. Jesus is there. He's waiting. He wants to forgive me. But it's called action. Now, the enemy will say, oh, it's snowing out. The roads have slickness on them. Well, you know what? You're late. You know what? It's really not that bad. You know what? You really, you went to God directly. You're probably good. Don't need it. That's all nonsense. God gave us this gift in the priesthood. Go, go, go and get set free. Because I'm telling you, the more you go, when you come out of there, it's like it's like you're light on your feet. I mean, it's like you've got a new beginning. It's beautiful. So for me, that's why he remained in a deserted place. Because why? He wanted to see the people's hearts. Are they truly willing to seek him out, mm. go in to find him? And then when they find him, are they going to be doing like this man with a heart, kneeling down? recognizing him as God, begging him. Because a man says, you know, if you wish, you can make me clean. So he believed he was God. He had all authority. He had the power. I think the other challenge, David, with with um, that recognition of need for confession is offsetting, uh, you know, my need for confession with, but I did some good things too. You know, I did I did some great things. I did spend some time, you know, in prayer or helping others. So that, that kind of, that negates that, doesn't that, you know, and, and those are good things and they're definitely avenues of grace, but it, it's not, it's not a, a back and forth scale. You know, that the sin is the mark. That mark needs to be clean uh, and cleansed from your soul and, and, and dealt with. And so it's, it's not that uh, while, while doing you know, good and, and, and our spiritual acts and our prayer are all good things, uh, it's not an offset thing, you know, so you don't want to, I'm in a confession line going, you know what, as I thought about my examination, all the great, all the great things I did this week, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't need to go. No, no. You know, it's, it's, uh, next week. right. Yeah. Exactly. Keep doing them um, by all means. Again, they're avenues of grace. You know, uh, God's, uh, I always call it God's Gatorade for us, you know, a little turbo power, you know, grace. We do these things to, to get those, to get those good moments and grace strengthens us, helps us stay away from sin. But again, um, they don't, they don't offset the sin. Sin must be dealt with, you know, through the ministry that God gave, gave to us. I was all excited the one day. I had gone to confession three days earlier, and I was on my two-hour drive to Scranton to see my spiritual director, Monsignor Essif, and I was like, all right, I get to go. I don't have to go to confession. I already went. This is beautiful. (laughs) So I drive up, and I go in to meet with him. First words out of his mouth, would you like to go to confession? What am I going to say? Yes, Monsignor. So here's what I did, though. I stopped. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know of the sins in the last three days. This is all done in my heart. Please help me. Well, I'll tell you what. Till I was done, at the end of my confession, Monsignor said, great confession, Dave. Great <laughs> confession. I had no clue how many times I had fallen, how many times I've gone off the rails. But when I asked the Holy Spirit to light it up, oh, my goodness, <laughs> it was Humbling. Good thing he said that, not you, because then you had to get back in line. <laughs> then you had to get back in line for uh, for pride, right? <laughs> oh man, I was uh, thinking about the whole idea of spiritual leprosy. As you guys were uh, talking about that, yeah. And the note that I wrote down to myself for the question: Do I cut off other people from my, you know, relating? You know, do I cut off relationships with other people because of my perceived? spiritual leprosy that they have, you know? So if you think about isolation, right, the, the evil one wants us to isolate, whether it's ourselves or, or others, right? So, um, you know, Jesus came to heal and, uh, and, and we need to be able to put ourselves in, in, in the way of people who 
maybe maybe they themselves have you know they maybe they just have given up on God or given up on faith, given up on church, whatever. But we need to be comfortable to be around people that aren't quite there yet, right? You know, we're all not there, but people that we might think are, um, you know, just stuck in whatever, you know, and whatever their spiritual leprosy is, we have to we have to resist that temptation to to not relate with them or not hang out with them. You know what I mean? Like just to. Are you saying it's easier to recognize the sins of others? <laughs> oh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Well, you know, that's—I I think I've mentioned this before. Um, that's one of the—that's one of the ways I think you can tell what things uh, you need to work on because the things that irritate you about other people are usually things that you know, it, like you know, when somebody gets really upset about something, you know, it really bothers me. And I have to realize that I get upset about things too very easily. You know, that's one of my my trigger points. You know, I get I get angry about stuff. Now, over the years, I've done a pretty good job of figuring out how to keep it inside and not express it, but it's still something that I wrestle with. And I've gone from thinking, you know, that the things about other people that that other people's sins that irritate you is not just a way to figure out what it is. It's the best way to figure out what it is because inevitably, even if there's something going on, I think, well, I don't do that. If I sit and reflect about it, I examine my conscience before I go to confession or something like that, it's like, well, yeah, I guess I do. Or, yeah, I really really do feel that way inside sometimes. And, you know, and it comes out in that behavior. Why is it that, you know, God has a way of like, he grabs you by the cheeks and he just turns your head. You, you don't want to look at it, but he just <laughs> turns your head over. And say, you got to look at this kid. You know, you're, you're doing the same thing, mm. you know. So I, when I examine my conscience, that's the first thing is what I get angry at this week. What bothered me? You know, what upset me? Even if I didn't express it, and I don't most of the time. That's the other thing. Uh, so probably a lot of people that know me would say that I didn't know that was one of your, you know, was one of your core sins. Well, no, it is. I get upset about stuff all the time. But then go back and say, why did that upset me? Why did it anger, anger me? Why did I get bothered about that? Why did I criticize or, you know, my own head? And uh, there's always... You know, like Jesus said, where the vultures are, there you'll find the body. <laughs> and that's a vulture for me. You know, that. so there's always a body down there that you can, you can look at and go, that, that shouldn't be there. And the other thing this scripture tells us, it shows us, is obedience. We need to stay in communion with the Holy Spirit, that common unit. Yeah. Listen to that still, quiet voice. Because Jesus says, see, you tell no one anything, but go and show yourself. Well, this man wasn't obedient. And what happened? It caused the... Be Jesus then couldn't enter the cities anymore. Our choices have consequences. So we need to stay in communion with the Lord and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to hear? And allow me to share only what you want me to share. Because too many times we go out there and blab it to the world and we're actually alerting the enemy to the Lord's plans. God bless each and every one of you. Let's have a great day. Let's get to confession. Let's get clean. Let's change this world. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100.
Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.